He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you on a Wednesday. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to golfoklahoma.org. Check it all out. College golf season in full swing right now. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State were down at Colonial earlier this week. A lot of good stuff going on. Golfoklahoma.org. Check that all out. Great show coming up for you. We're going give to give out some awards from the 2020-2021 PGA Tour season. Uh, we're going to put those up and let everybody vote on the nominees for those awards. We're also going to preview the Shriners Open a little later in the show, but we figured we might as well start with a little college golf since it is that time in the state of Oklahoma. And joining us now from the University of Oklahoma is Logan McAllister. Logan, we appreciate you taking a few minutes. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing great, doing great. Now, y'all were down at Colonial earlier this week, finished one shot back of the Stanford Cardinals. Great tournament. Uh, Stanford, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, Wake Forest up there. I believe Pepperdine was in the field as well. Walk us through that tournament a little bit. You had a good individual finish uh, as well. How did it all play out down at Colonial? Yeah, it was kind of a, it was kind of a weird finish yesterday because I think we Pepperdine was in the lead after, after the first 36-hole day. And us in Oklahoma State and Wake Forest and uh, I want to say like TC were kind of just lurking. And we, we got off to a great start and started making some ground up and, and on the back nine, we kind of realized where we were at and that Stanford was playing really well. And uh, to be honest with you, we just kind of got flat out beat by, by Stanford yesterday. That's what coach told us. He was just like, we didn't, it's not like we played a bad round of golf or didn't make enough birdies coming down the stretch. Stanford just played a really nice round and that's kind of credit to them. You're not going to win them all, so losing by one shot's not the worst. I think we we lost by one shot at Pebble, won by one shot at Merido, and lost by a shot at Colonial. So it just shows how tight the gaps are in college golf right now. So we just got to find a way to, to become one shot better every day, and hopefully uh, next time we'll be able to be along top. Logan, Sam here. I was just wanting to know, you know, last year you were kind of a younger guy on the team, had some older statesmen such as Quade Cummins, uh, and now you're kind of one of the team leaders. Just tell me a little bit about uh, that difference from last year to this year. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic because for the first, you know, three years of my college career, I'm, I'm sitting here behind guys that have so much experience. I mean, last, last season we had guys with 20 years of experience or whatever, which never happened. And so I get to see them, them lead the team, lead me in a way that was obviously uh, very successful for, for the last four years. And so, you know, going into this year, I knew I was going to kind of step into that role. And it's been really exciting for me just to see a different, we have a completely different team this year, pretty much. So to see guys develop and grow and us still play really good golf has been really exciting for me. And I'm, I'm excited to kind of keep that going and hopefully Hopefully you keep leading them well, and and uh, that'll lead to success in in the spring, which is when it when it really matters. So, yeah, you know, Logan, to piggyback off that question, you mentioned how you guys have really two entirely different teams this year. And last year, you guys made it to the national finals, lost to Pepperdine, a team that was in in this field. What what do you think makes this team different than last year's team? But yet at the same time, you guys will be able to achieve a similar success, if not even make it one round further. Yeah, I mean, last year our team players wise was so much better on paper. And so the expectations for us were that we're going to go to every tournament and win by, you know, 20 or whatever. And so if that didn't happen, we were all so disappointed and the drive back to like, for example, if we would have done that yesterday with last year's team or drive back would have been terrible. But this year that kind of, because we're not as good on paper, it makes it a lot more fun to be in the fire kind of on coming down the stretch on the last day. And so it, for me, that's just been way more exciting because if we do end up losing, there's still a lot more positives we can take. Whereas last year we knew that we were probably the best team or second best team, whatever it was. Um, and so it was a lot more disappointing to win. But it, this has been a lot more fun to, to chase a little bit more than we have in the last two years. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that's been a little different for Coach Hibble as well. And we know Coach Hibble's awesome, unbelievable. Uh, what he's done at Oklahoma has been great. But, you know, last year, like you said, such a veteran-laden team. And then this year, you've got young guys. And it's just different. So have you kind of noticed uh, anything different with your coach and kind of just the way y'all are going about your business, dealing with so many more young guys as opposed to having really a, an entire team of guys who've been around? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been exciting for Coach because he's, I'm sure he's kind of, he was not really getting tired of those guys, but he's getting tired of the same, the same guys. He wanted some fresh blood kind of just to, just to see him play because he hasn't seen some of these guys that are juniors on our team. He hasn't even seen him play in a tournament because we've had such, um, such a set lineup pretty much for the last year and a half, two years, whatever it is. And so I think for him, it's really exciting to kind of have to manage qualifying, manage who's going to an event, manage how to, to choke his coach him when he's actually at the event. And obviously, that's been pretty positive with Steve going out and finishing top 10 at Pebble at his very first event. And then Jackson this week being right there to in contention to win the whole thing and finishing T7. So to see those two guys starting their debuts and both finish top 10 in their, in their first event ever, I think that's, that's what gets Coach excited more so than me or Chris finishing top five or whatever. I think, I think he's a lot more excited to see these young guys go out and compete knowing that they've kind of seen the guys in front of them compete and learn from them. So it's been, I know it's been awesome for him and, and it's been exciting for me too. Yeah. Another exciting thing that you're doing right now is you're in the top five of the PGA tour you, uh, and in the past we've had Quade Cummins and Austin Eckert on, and we've asked them about it and how they keep that in perspective. Uh, I'm interested to hear your perspective on that and how much do you look at it? How much, you know, does that mean to you? And just kind of tell uh, me about, you know, do, do you, look at it every single week is it is it on the top of your mind is it in the back of your mind and just kind of tell me uh you know that dynamic of the pga tour you yeah it, it's an interesting dynamic because we are still sitting here trying to win a national championship but the pga tour you is such a good opportunity for for me as an individual that you know it, it's hard not to look at it every week just because you know you get tagged in it on instagram or twitter or whatever it may be but at the end of the day, those, you know, those can shift so much going into, you know, April or May or whatever that I try not to think about it too much. I just try to go play golf and get team wins, individual wins, whatever it may be. Um, but when we get rolling a little bit more in the spring, I think I'll probably hopefully not worry about it as much, but just think about it a little bit more just as far as my future goes because it, it is very important if you can finish top five and then even just top 15. So – to answer your question, it's it's in my mind, but it's kind of in the back of my mind um, as opposed to us trying to go win team and individual titles. I think that's a great way to look at it, Logan. I mean, there's no way to not really think about it. I mean, it's, it dictates yeah. what you do after college. I mean, anyone who d wouldn't look at it would kind of be an idiot, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so, yeah, no, I completely. So, so Logan, the question I want to ask you is, if I'm doing math right, you you arrived on campus in 2018, and now we're in almost the end of 2021. What do you think, not not just, you div a lot of it into golf, but just as an individual, uh, as a person, what has changed most for you over those uh, three to four years? Man, I've I've just I feel like I've gained about ten years in the three years I've been here just from learning from coach and uh from Bill, our assistant, and all these guys that I've played with. I mean I've played with a Brad Dalkey all the way to a Drew Goodman. I mean that's that's eight years worth of difference there. And so to see just different guys and how they play golf, how they live life has been really exciting. My freshman year I got here and I was kind of to be honest with you, I was kind of overwhelmed with everything that was going on. I didn't really know how to manage my time. I didn't know how to manage what I was doing as far as school, golf, whatever goes. And uh, from being here and learning from everyone, I feel like I've, I've gotten pretty good at managing what I'm doing, and that's been the biggest difference. I When I got here, I wasn't sleeping enough. I wasn't practicing enough. I wasn't able to manage relationships, whatever it was. So it, it's been cool to see just, uh, it's really credit to Coach Hibble, but to see myself kind of mature and, and gain gain years that hopefully when I'm out on tour uh, will be super beneficial. One of the things that's changed since you got there is the NIL. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about that. I'm interested to hear. That's something that uh, obviously we didn't have when we were in college. So just tell me a little bit about the NIL. Are, are you still a barstool athlete? Did they let them do that? I, I don't know uh, about all, how all that works. Just tell me a little bit about the NIL. 
yeah, the NIL stuff is interesting because as as golfers, we're not really in the spotlight that much as far as TV goes. I mean, we play we played Merida on TV. We'll play East Lake Cup on TV, and then national championship, and that's pretty much it. So, as a company, it's not really worth it for them to to necessarily like pay us or anything. Now that I mean, there's companies that are kind of offering maybe they'll you know give you a discount code and you get a percentage of people that buy from it, but. In my opinion, I've just kind of tried to stay away from most of it just because if I turn professional in, you know, nine months or whatever it is, those opportunities will be there. And I'm not, I'm not really too worried about doing that in college just because it's not really worth the, it's not worth the company's time to mess with it. And it's not really worth my time either. If I go out and play good golf, the rest will fall into place has been kind of my theory on that. Yeah, and then I also wanted to ask about Ryan Rohde. I know you're going to see him. Just tell me a little bit about, you know, him. We've obviously had him on the show and had other guys such as, you know, Quaid and Hayden Wood uh, that go to him as well, and they speak really highly of him. How has he helped you in your process? Oh, he's so awesome. I mean, I so I, I started seeing him in the winter of my freshman year. So I, I, I played a couple events my first semester, and, I basically sat down with coach and, and he was like, you, you gotta, you gotta just start doing something different. So we decided to, to go up and see him. And from, from day one, he's been nothing but supportive and he's obviously an awesome coach. He knows what he's talking about. He has a good way of portraying it. I feel like I have a, he, he builds a relationship with each player to where if I want to text him about something that's not about golf, I can do that, which I think is really important for a player uh, coach relationship. And so that's, the, a lot of the success that I've had the last couple of years is, is definitely credit to him because I can send him a, if I'm struggling with something, I'll send him a video and he'll send me something right back saying, saying something to do or saying, just stop worrying about it and just swing the golf club. So he's been, he's been an amazing piece in, in, uh, hopefully my continued success and the success that I've had for the last couple of years for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I was kind of curious about. So last year, uh, at the national championships, you were pin seeking, on the par threes. Now, when I stand on the tee box of a par three, the hole looks really small because you're really far away. But to you, apparently, it doesn't look so small since you made a couple of them <laughs> down in the desert. Take us through the hole-in-ones. What was that like seeing the first one go in? And then what was it like seeing the second one go in? Yeah, so I haven't made a – so this is kind of a funny story here. But I've, I've made – before the national championship, I've made one hole-in-one in my life, and I was by myself. So, so a lot of people don't count it. So I get up there on there on hole five that final round and, and I hit it and it, was, it looked good. It's one hop, whatever, into the hole and it disappeared. And so in my mind, like it was crazy for me because I haven't really made one with people around, and I've never gotten to celebrate and stuff. So I don't even know what I. I mean, obviously there's a video of it, but I don't even know what I did. I just kind of blacked out for about 15 seconds and then then walked up and grabbed the ball and the cup. It was kind of <laughs> it was kind of a surreal moment because it was you know just to have that. Uh, televised, and so I'll always have that video for life. I don't know how many people have pulling ones on video, but I'm glad that that uh, I'll have that one forever. And then the second one was even even more cool, just because it was actually a pretty important point in the match. You know, we're getting to the turn basically, and momentum was starting to shift a little bit. I think I was like one up or something, so so I made it and went two up, and then obviously we didn't quite get it done. But that one was there were so many fans there the last day that had flown in from from Oklahoma just to, just to watch that final match that there was probably, I don't know, 100, 150 people kind of gathered around that grade because it was almost the only spot out there that had any shade. So it was, uh, to hear that roar and stuff, it was, it was so special. That was probably, that one was probably the best, best memory I've had in, in my golf career, which was so cool. And to have it on video, like I said, is that'll be something that I can look at for 50 years to come, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, that was absolutely electric, especially when you made the second one. We were going crazy. Uh, but, you know, you know, uh, we asked about the young guys on the team. I just wanted to ask about one of the older guys, the transfer, Chris Goddard, who, you know, transferred from Rutgers, uh, for people that don't know, obviously was Big Ten Player of the Year. Tell me a little bit about his game. He's a guy that, you know, OU fans might not be as familiar with. Man, Chris is Chris is awesome. He he came right on campus. He's a, he's a big bomber. He hits it. 330 swings at 128 miles an hour. I mean, we were watching the, the, uh, the coverage of Merida when we got back and he's got like a 182 ball speed with a three wheel on 18 or something like that. <laughs> we're just sitting there kind of laughing because like that's, he just overpowers golf courses and he's really good with, with wedges. 
and he's a pretty good putter too. So I think he's, he's a name that you will see for, for the next 25, 30 years out on tour. And, and he's really committed to what we have going here at OU. He's been a perfect fit for, for what we have going. He's really tough. He loves putting his head down and just grinding, which is what, which is what coach emphasizes to us that we're going to go out and out grind everyone. We might not have the talent on paper to be a team like Oklahoma state or Texas, but we're going to go out grind them. And uh, he fits in perfect with that mold. And I'm, I couldn't be more excited that, that he's in Norman because he's a, He's going to be a valuable piece if we want to make some noise come postseason. No doubt. Logan, is Hibble letting y'all off for OU Texas? <laughs> Actually, uh, no, but we are going down to – we're going down to uh, Houston for Big 12 match play, so we're That's stopping right. at the game. We're stopping at the game on Saturday. So, so we're all getting to go, but not not quite the same experience. So, wait, 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 so we'll what, what are your thoughts on the game? What, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know, man. It's it's been a. I haven't. I mean, we we kind of watched pieces of games because we've been playing for I think two of the four or two of the five Saturdays or whatever they played. So I haven't gotten to watch watch a ton, but I'm excited to excited to be down there because I know I know Texas is going to give us a good fight. I can promise you that. Hopefully, hopefully we'll keep winning. That's all that matters. If we can just if we can just keep winning, I don't care if it's by three points or whatever. But if we can go twelve and zero, I like our odds. So. Hopefully, hopefully we can keep pushing. They'll they'll find a way to win. I think my prediction is uh, we win by one point. Oh, no I'll, cover! Hey, I'll take it. Logan <laughs> says no cover. Yeah. No, no cover. There's no shot. You need to ask Coach Hibble because if you haven't watched the games, I'll let you know. We need some offensive linemen. So ask Coach if you can go out there and play left tackle or right tackle for us. I might I might be able to. I think Chris is. Chris is in here somewhere. I might be able to get him to hop on the O-line. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Logan, you've been awesome. We appreciate it, man. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to y'all's team. Uh, enjoy match play next week. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. That was Logan McAllister from the University of Oklahoma joining us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We appreciate Logan taking some time for us today. Wish him and the rest of the Sooners the best of luck as they head down to match play next week, making a pit stop at OU Texas on Saturday. And everyone, drink responsibly this weekend for OU Texas. And while you're at it, you might as well drink responsibly with some clubbies. The clubby is a more drinkable version of the Oklahoma staple, the club special, the official seltzer of slicing limes, not drives lemon and lime natural flavoring it has electrolytes and does not contain artificial flavors perfect for a hot day on or off the golf course or in or out of the football stadium perfectly uh formulated for golfers of every handicap the freshest smoothest leanest greenest number one seltzer in golf all right monday we had the idea that we would come on today and we would all give out our awards for the season. It was a long season, 2020, 2021. It was the mega golf season. So we had to give out some awards. So let's fire up a little uh, award music in the background here. Who wants to start? <laughs> Should we draw cards? Let's might draw as well. cards. I mean, that's how we do everything else. We might as well draw cards to start. So for anyone who didn't listen, we each came up separately. We didn't even collude on this at all. We have five separate awards that we each created you know this is our first inaugural 73rd holes award i hope this becomes an annual tradition absolutely uh tyler you've been on a real cold streak with the cards i so mean you it's, can go been, first. it's been bad that's why i don't gamble you've drawn like less than a five multiple oh, times I got a 10 oh, I got a 10 the joker the joker goes back in the deck i also got a 10 how does this keep happening Ace. Ace. All right, Taylor, you and I redraw for second. Hearts. I need to go to the casino. Hearts is better than Diamonds. I think I should have won that. I Ooh, say, how do you keep getting an ace? And I got a two. All right, so it'll be Sam, Taylor, and then yours truly. So, Sam, give us your first category and your award winner. All right, my first category goes to D-Bag of the Year. <laughs> you know, he won. What does the D stand for? It stands for, it doesn't actually stand for DeChambeau this year. <laughs> it stands for Patrick Reed. Oh! Patrick nice. Reed wins D-Bag of the Year. Congratulations, Patrick. It's. Uh, it seems like it was so long ago. Really wasn't that long ago. Whenever he uh, picked his ball up out of the grass <laughs> at the Farmers and moved it onto a nice pretty lie. Uh-huh. Shout out Patrick Reed. And won by five strokes that week, too. Collected $1.4 million or whatever. No, uh, I don't think you're going to have any arguments for that no. award. I-, I think Bryson may have had a chance until these last couple of weeks. The Ryder Cup it. and the long drive. He-, he just totally eliminated himself. It could have been a, co- a co-award yeah. where they give out two Oscars. And now yeah. him and Brooks are having Friendsgiving. What, what, what should our awards be called? 
Oh, uh, it's a great question. They have the Dundies, so we um the Holies, the Holies, the Holies, the Holies, the Holies. All right, I love these it. are the Holies. All right, All right. so All right. Patrick Reed, you've won a Holy. We will uh, send us your address. We'll make sure to mail you mail you your award. We'll hit up your father in law at at use golf facts on Twitter <laughs> since I'm actually blocked by Patrick Reed. But. Are you really? Yeah, he blocked me like two years ago. No, I don't remember why. No way. I yeah. didn't know that. I don't think he runs his Twitter, though. I think somebody else does. He's got thousands of people blocked. I, I, yeah, his wife runs it. Anybody who's ever tweeted anything negative about Patrick Reed and tagged him is blocked. <laughs> that is why he won the D-Bag of the Year award. A hundred percent. So the first holy goes to Patrick Reed. Taylor, fire away. All right, I've got the second one. And I might need some, some way to clarify this because I don't know who to pick. And I, I named all my awards. Mine are each named after a person or an event. <laughs> this is... The Mark Wilson Award, I debated between calling the Paul Azinger Award. I debated. This is I'm f- so glad you chose Mark Wilson. <laughs> Favorite moment from one of the best tournaments of the year, the Honda Classic. Now, everyone would think that it would be Matt Jones winning by five. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. But, but I've got a little bit of, of a sneaky, sneaky little pick here. Brandon Hagee finished solo second this event, the bomber, oh. and, ne- and needed a comeback and when he was struggling. Gave him some status. I think that's a contender, but I also have another one. My hero, Afro Barnrat, oh. made the cut, on, made the cut, finished DFL plus 10, <laughs> but just grinded through, showed pres- um, perseverance, stamina, resilience, never quitting hero, Afro Barnrat. I don't know. Which one of those three should I pick, guys? Uh, I would have to go with Afro Barnrat because – Later in the summer, he ended up with, I believe it was a top three finish on the Euro Tour, and I don't think that would have been possible without the momentum that he built by finishing DFL after making the cut at the Honda Classic. That is that is, <laughs> that is a really good point. I, I, I think he sold me on it. Sam, what do you think? Sam, you in? I'm on the rat. Uh, I like it. Alfred Barn, right. Barn Rat, you have won the, the Mark Wilson Award. Send us your address. We will get your award sent to you. By the way, so far, our two holies have gone to absolute Peak physical specimens. Peak physical specimens for the first two holies. Uh, All right. For mine, I'm going to go with most random winner. I should have done what you did and found somebody to name it after. But we'll go with most random winner from the PGA Tour season. So there were a few options here. Uh, You know, Garrett Higo comes over, wins early on. But I'm going to go with most random winner. Give me K.H. Lee for most random winner this year on the PGA Tour. I like that. Super surprised. Just came out and won one week. So, uh, K.H. Lee, most random winner. Are we doing the snake they, draft? They the always holes? say, you know, if you have a first name uh, that people know as you're the only one they know, like Kobe. There you go. Like LeBron. K.H. 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 Absolutely. Means killing it at the holies. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on your holy, K.H. So, I am going to go now with Australian of the Year. Oh, several candidates. This, one, this one's tough for me. Because I have two guys that I really love. Matt 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 Jones gets the nod over Cam Smith for Australian of the Year. I think I got to ride with it because Uh, he was a finalist for the Mark Wilson Award and didn't win it. So this is almost like a... a, 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 not participation trophy, satisfaction. It's a makeup call. There you go, makeup call. That's what I was looking for. Cam had one of my favorite moments of the entire season. He gets himself into a playoff. No! no, no, no. I had him in the one and done. Don't he gets himself up. into a playoff, steps up on the tee, and hits it so far into the Atlantic Ocean that I think it hit the same iceberg the Titanic I thought hit. you were going to bring up in Memphis when he hit it in the right trees and was down no, by one. No, that was epic, too. And he hit the tree and it went out of bounds. That was epic, too. For a clarification on, on the Cam Smith shot, he had a ball ready to re-tee before the first one landed. But I just, I just came up. Almost as soon as he made contact, he was asking for a new ball. I just came up with a new award. An honorable mention holy. Honorable mention holy? Yeah. Okay. Mullet, so, of, mullet the, of the year goes to Cam Smith. Has to. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Mullet, mullet, of the mullet year. for sure. Yeah. If you, if you said hair of the year, that, that would open it up a little bit more. But now no, that we that got mullet. perfect because he was deserving of Australian of the year, but because Matt Jones won at the Honda, and let's be honest, in large part due to this. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. So we're a little partial to Matt Jones. So Cam Smith gets the much-deserved mullet of the year holy. So, Taylor, what's your, who's your next holy go-to? My, ne- my next holy is the Colin Montgomery Award, which, as Sam has copyrighted, as <laughs> the sneakiest choke of the year. <laughs> sneakiest choke. And I'm going with no one. Hardly anyone's talked about it because he was the winning captain on the U.S. team. 
But our man Steve Stricker, led by three strokes oh, no. at Southern after oh, 54 no. holes, and then was in like 10th place starting the back nine on Sunday. That's a sneaky it joke. Was, it was no a one's going to remember that. No one's remembering that because he, he redeemed it with being the captain. That's the sneakiest joke of the year for me. You're right. Anyone got a contender? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of uh, anything that, that really compares. To what took place at Southern I tell you what, it wasn't very sneaky at the time because we all saw it unraveling, but afterwards it is, it it comes out to be a sneaky choke. Steve Stricker, congratulations on your holy. Uh, All right, for mine, I'm going to go with the best facial hair award, best facial hair of the year. Now this, I could go in a number of different directions for the best facial hair of the, the year holy, but due to the great summer that he's had, also maybe a little recency bias here, Sam Burns crushed the facial hair game this year. Just absolutely obliterated it with the stash. Uh, Cam Smith, he kind of did the facial hair thing, but I didn't think his was nearly as good. His was up there. Uh, you know, Ricky's always got a little bit going on with some, with some stash stuff, but it was Sam Burns for me. Am I missing anything obvious? Is, is there anybody I should I should be throwing out that I'm not? Kepka had the porn stash for a while. He did. Yeah. It wasn't he bad, did. but I don't think he swagged it that much. We saw no. some nice stashes for the old guys. Old guys did have some good stashes. Yeah. That's true. I think Sam Burns, though. I feel good about my, my holy I mean, Max, award. you said Max it, Homer, right? Uh, Max Homer I did not throw out, but his, yep. his was good. His was strong. If I the, still don't think it was Burns level. If the award was five years ago, it would go to Graham Dillette, no doubt. But, oh, but Graham he, Dillette but, but he, uh, filthy. He, he's got the well, chipping hips. He I chips mean, with one hand now. So. Should be the Craig Stadler Award. The Walrus. Oh, the, the Walrus. Wal- wal- Walrus Award. But that a tr- tricky word for you? Does anyone... Say Walrus does, does Award. Any, does, walrus Award. <laughs> yeah. Does any facial hair beat the Gary McCord uh, twirl of the... Whatever the hell that's called. Oh, no. yeah. It's no, got to be the Gary McCord Award. Yeah. The, Mar- the, Gary, the Gary McCord, McCord Award. Award. McCord I Award. I love that. There all right. Go. Congratulations on your holy, Sam Burns. The biggest trophy you've won all week. All right. So, in the NFL draft, you have Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> and, and Mr. Irrelevant... Goes to number 125 when the Holies take place. (laughs) Nice. Number 125 on the world official golf rankings is Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler! (laughs) Let's go, Ricky! Ricky wins. Anyone who didn't notice the music changed at the perfect time, too. Ricky wins a Holy. Ricky wins a Holy. And what'd you call it again? The Mr. Irrelevant Award. The Mr. Irrelevant Award. Mr. Irrelevant. That is perfect. <laughs> That's so perfect. So he's 125th in the world now. Yes. As of today. That's of right that, is, that, is, that is crazy. What a, great, right. what a creative award you came up with. All right. <laughs> my next award, what's funny is that all of my awards are named after a person, and then it has to do with another fact. This one is the opposite. It is the, the fact, and then it's about a person. So this is the layup with an iron into a hazard award. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Layup with an iron into the hazard. And you win this award by picking your favorite Phil Mickelson shot of the year. Oh. Because he was the one who hit the infamous layup with an iron into the hazard. Yeah, so we've got four rounds to choose from. That's yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I'm going with? Here we go. 13 Saturday, Kiowa. For anyone who doesn't remember, Phil snap hooks the living hell out of this ball. <laughs> right into the middle of the pond. Him, him and his man, Tim Mickelson, they got the range finders out because you were allowed to use range finders at this PGA. And they're trying to figure out where the ball crossed at. They couldn't figure it out because he hooked it so bad. So you know what he did? Phil reteed out of honorability, ended up making a double, parred his way in, ended up winning the tournament. I think his um, the way that he was being honorable, almost winning the, uh, the man of the year award in this aspect because I think that that's what propelled, propelled him to victory. So that is my favorite shot of the year, the 80-yard snap hook from Phil Mickelson in the third round at the PGA Championship. I think my favorite Phil shot of the year was the hole out from the bunker on number five was, on Sunday. That had to be mine, right? The hole out from the bunker That's on number five on Sunday. Yep. It's hard to go against that. I like the shots that end up in the in the hay. And, or in, in this case, at the same, with the same. Fair enough. If we would have extended this out past the PGA Championship, we would have had a lot of Phil shots that ended up in the hay to choose from. Yep. But shout out to Phil for winning the PGA. What a guy. What a guy. All right, congrats on your holy Phil Mickelson. Uh, next up, I'm going to go with Biggest Bomb. I'm Matt Jones. Nope, not Matt Jones. <laughs> biggest Bomb. Hitting bombs. Say it one more time for us, Phil. We got off track. Hitting bombs. All right, so <laughs> Biggest Bomb of the year. Bryson DeChambeau, Ryder Cup, singles, first hole, crowd going crazy, takes it over the junk. 
drives it to 41 feet. And what makes it even better is that he cashed it for Eagle, didn't even let Sergio putt from 10 feet to have the hole. Bryson DeChambeau, biggest bomb for his tee shot on number one at the Ryder Cup. Even a bigger bomb than the one at Bay Hill? I was about to say Bay Hill. He got one point. Yeah. He got one point seven mil that week too, and one by one. I believe. Yeah, that's. Uh, I could argue that he will get more in endorsement dollars than one point seven million from how likable he made himself at the Ryder Cup. That's that, a good point. That's a good point. But Bay Hill was pretty sweet too. The showmanship. What What about the drive on five in the Ryder Cup? That might be the best one of them all. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Four seventeen. Se- right se- Seventy two yards into a par five. <laughs> Flip wedge, made e. I mean, moral of the story is Bryson wins the holy. Th- th- this is yeah, yeah. He, he won the holy, but this is actually one that we there is some question marks about. We might actually uh, throw this out on a Twitter poll. Yeah. We might throw this out on a Twitter poll and let the people decide. Okay, what is the biggest bomb of the year? And we'll give them Bryson number six at Bay Hill, number five at the Ryder Cup on Friday, number one at the Ryder Cup on Sunday. I like it. But no matter what, Bryson, you're getting a holy. Congratulations. I, I also love the fact we're not throwing in his long drive where he had like two hundred. 13 ball speed or whatever. I think he got up to 219 ball That's speed. That's what I'm, yeah, 219, yeah. No, small bomb. Blue ball, 48-inch driver, doesn't count. <laughs> Blue balls never count. All right, so <laughs> anyways, fan of the year, fan of the year. Fan of the year. Goes to the guy who snuck a club into the U.S. Open, went out in the fairway, and proceeded to hit not one, but two shots into the ice plant. Congratulations to that guy. And on the same <laughs> hole earlier in that week, an anonymous fan that we still don't know who it is had a full box of beer. Oh, that's right. Because yes. <laughs> Bryson's ball, was Bryson's, Bryson's ball yes. almost went into the box of beer. That's so a great award. 13 yep. at Tory produced the best fan of the year. I, I, I've, got, I've got someone else I want to throw out there. Our man, whoever it was at the U.S. Ryder Cup, when Victor Hovland hits his shot and they yell "Boomer Sooner," afterwards. <laughs> no, no, that, that is I, any other week I may have frowned upon it. Ryder Cup week, I absolutely love it. No holy Those for fans that guy. We'll get the holy for my opinion. No holy for that guy. I can't vote for that guy. Yelling "Boomer Sooner" at a fellow cowboy, I can't vote for that guy for a holy. My next award, I'm naming this the Justin Rose Award because <laughs> I heard for three months. About how one of the catalysts for the European Ryder Cup team would be Justin Rose. He, he would have been. He, Prove he, me right. Hey, 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 he would have made up. He would have made up those eleven points they needed to win. So here's what I'm going to do. The award goes to your favorite moment from any of the twelve members who were on the European Ryder Cup team. Oh, and it's named the Justin Rose Award. I am giving it to Rom at the U.S. Open. Because I had him in the one and done, and yep. he was rightfully deserving to win a major. So I'm going with John Rum. You have 12 people to choose from, one of which is not Justin Rose, by the way. But so, does anyone else want to throw any out there? Um, I'm pretty good with John Rom at the U.S. Open. Uh, just going like cool moments. I I thought uh, Rory's interview after the Ryder Cup was really cool, but that's probably a little recency bias too. But I thought that that was really cool. But I like the uh, I like the Rom at the U.S. Open for the holy. I like that. Yeah, first first career major. Yeah. Absolutely. Congratulations, John Rahm, on winning your holy. Yeah. By the way, I, we keep congratulating these guys like they're listening. They, they, are. they are. They are. John Rahm is in Spain right now. Send us your address. We will mail you your award. Yes. We will go to the local trophy shop, gather the trophies, and bring them your way. Is it my turn? I was going to make them your out turn. of paper mache. But. All right. <clears throat> this one, and this holy is just going out into the ether because this is best fun fact of the season. So it doesn't go to a person. It goes to a fun fact. The best fun fact of the season, and this one will be tough to top maybe for years, the PGA champion is older than the senior PGA champion, and it's never happened before. It's probably never going to happen again unless Phil and Alex Chega both repeat next year. So, best fun fact of the year, PGA champ's older than the senior PGA champ. I, I think it's hard to beat that, besides any random Tiger stat that you get every year, but that didn't happen this year. Right. So, Shout out to Alex Chega. Yeah, no doubt. Great guy, Alex along, along, Same tournament with the Sneaky Choke winner, Steve Stricker. Yep. All right, so uh, my dad's strength award. Oh, nice! Goes to Darren Clark, and the reason <laughs> why is Darren Clark peak physical specimen. Darren Clark peak phys- physical specimen. Darren Clark, when he uh, got done with his round at Southern Hills, and we were there covering it, he had to make his way all the way like Bear Grylls in the wild, all the way up the hill. <laughs> To 
the press area. And if anyone has ever been to Southern Hills, that's a big hill. And he gets up that hill. And this is the one time I'll say it on air. He goes, I can't stand that fucking hill. <laughs> and Derek was, Clark was so good. And it was the whole room just erupted. Yeah. He and, had, and he had to he wait. sounded like, like LeBron just played like 48 minutes just, you know. Shout out Darren Clark. I will know. Yeah, One of the greatest major champions of all time. No argument against Darren Clark. He should win almost every award, in all honesty. Because he, he awesome. is one of my heroes. All right. My last <laughs> award to give out. This is called the Lucas Glover Award. This goes to the worst putt of the year. Everyone's going to throw Zalatoris out there. What's funny is that both of my picks are from the same tournament. Oh. Everyone, everyone's going to throw Zalatoris out there because that's the worst play. I think how, how, that's how do you not? <laughs> Because in third round at that same tournament, the Open Championship, Jordan Spieth from about 16 inches. Oh, you're right. Missed the hole by three inches and then hit it four feet by. <laughs> I think that was a worse. It, the stroke was not as bad, but the actual putt was worse than Zalatoris. I'm going with Spieth Saturday 18 at the Open Championship as the Lucas Glover Award Worst putt of the year. <laughs> I think you've convinced me. You should call it the Circle T Award because that's where <laughs> Lucas hit oh, it off Oh, God. Of. The, the putter shank. I award. think you've convinced me. I think you have. Because Will Zalatoris also might have had the back injury, plaguing him a little bit. And Jordan just went full Yip City. Yeah, I, think, well, I think I'm with you. And well, at least Zalatoris' next putt was a tap in. Spieth had to go mark and line yeah. up again. He was three times as far away as he was before. He was going firm in the back from 15 inches. Uh, problem was, there's no back of the cup if you miss it by three inches. Correct. All right. Congratulations on your holy Jordan Spieth. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so I had an award. And this is actually really funny because of one of the awards Sam gave out earlier. <laughs> I wanted to give out an award for most average season. So this is what I did. I went to strokes gain total from all of last year's PGA Tour season, and I looked, total list is 196. So I went right to the middle, to 98, to give out the most average season holy. 98th on total strokes gained, Ricky Fowler! <laughs> Multiple-time holy winner, Ricky Fowler. The first multiple winner of a holy, Ricky Fowler. And it's for being 125th in the world golf rankings and 98th so, on so, last year's so strokes gained So he won the most irrelevant award and the uh, and most, the most aver- average season. Congratulations. Congratulations, Ricky, on your two holies. We did not plan that, by the way. No, we didn't. I am so glad. That's, that that's two totally <laughs> random facts that came out to be true. So good. So, so good. Sam, final holy. I have a couple more. Oh, yeah. Okay. We've, we've, all, okay, we've all done five, but do you have okay. some honorable mentions? I, I have one that... <laughs> I guess I lost count. I'm going to wait on. I'll do it last. Because okay. it's an actual serious one, and okay. I want to know. But this one goes to Chip of the Year. And it goes to... Y'all will have to remind me what tournament this was in. Because I can't remember it was, exactly. Uh, it was the one Higo won. <laughs> Palmetto. Chesson Hadley goes, <laughs> the chip of the year goes to Chesson Hadley, where he had a straightforward up and in to tie. And he pulls out a hybrid and <laughs> kills it about 15 feet by. <laughs> chip of the year award goes to the hybrid putt that goes 15 feet by. That's so good. That's so good. I can't argue with it. It was I, it was best. It, it made Higo win who I picked that week. So I'm, I, I'm definitely I definitely can't it. argue with it because that was my anniversary week that I was in Colorado, so I didn't watch that tournament. So I'm just going to have to take your word for it. Shout out Chess and Hadley. Congrats yeah. on your holy. I yeah. know you would have liked to have gotten that up and down, but you want a holy. So. At Congaree. But At he Congaree. won something. Yep. Yes. And uh, then my final one is, you know, we have to do a little extra because it's the 73rd hole. We saw a lot of 73rd holes this year. We did. Mm-hmm. So we have to give our final holy to, It's I'm going to call it the 73rd hole award for best playoff. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great name for it. I Be- mean, best playoff. I mean, there were a bunch of good playoffs this year. There were a bunch of good playoffs. A bunch of playoffs. I mean, Bryson and Cantlay was Electric. just awesome. Hard to beat that. You've got uh, you got Boy Fee now beating Cam Smith, but that was essentially handed off to you. That was what, fun, what, though. One of the ones that I'm throwing out there, the playoff for the bronze medal at the Olympics. I think two that groups, was, two groups. How many? I mean, what about the playoff at the Wyndham too? Yeah, that was really good. That you, was really you, good. You had the nine hole um, marathon of Harris English and um, whatever Hickok or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, Kramer yeah. Hickok. Yep. You had the you know one with Avancer at 
the FedEx. It's a sneaky good playoff, Women's U.S. Open at Olympic Club. That yep. one went four holes, I think. Yukasasa. Yep, I believe so. And NASA. You had... Uh, Toka. Yeah. I you so, you yeah. had the Max Homa female playoff back at oh, Riviera. Yeah. That was good. That was a long time that ago. That was a long time ago. Oh, that was the week of Tiger. Oh, it Wait, was. Should we get yeah. a Tiger Award? Yeah. Tiger Award. Um, for, for most... Where do you go? <laughs> to Aaron Badley. Um, <laughs> boy. Oh, you had the uh, you had the playoff at the Zurich where Louis hit it in the middle of the ocean. That was a good one. Yeah, that the- was a good one. I was my my brain was working on uh, inappropriate Tiger Awards to give out. I think yeah. you could have gone a lot of different directions. Most likely to need a driver, Dustin Johnson after the Ryder Cup. Yeah, Louis wins the runner up of the year award. Louis absolutely wins the runner-up of the year award. The silver. Here's what we're going to do. Louis, we're going to send everybody else gold holies. You're getting a silver one. (laughs) Add it to your collection. And I'm going to say it. I I think we could all be in agreement. If anyone wants to disagree, Patrick Cantley was not the player of the year this year. John Rahm was. John Rahm was player of the year. In all seriousness, John Rahm was player of the year. Yes. So anyone who gave it to Cantley, I know he was on the Ryder Cup team, did all great things there. We love him for that. But John Rahm had a better year, and the only reason Cantley won the Memorial is because Rahm got COVID. Also, there's always recency bias with the voting. There was recency bias after the FedEx Cup playoffs. So another holy for John Rahm. And, you know, the whole Memorial situation was the whole point of why I think that John Rahm was actually the player of the year. Right. right. I mean, because Cantley ended up winning. I mean, he could have blown Rahm that. Would have won. He could have blown that shit shot lead. I mean, he does it all the time. Like, give me a break. He even said that. SpongeBob mean. Yeah, John Rahm so, should have been Player of the Year. What else? Anything no, we're missing? Here, right here. So, what was y'all's favorite moment of the year? Gosh, six favorite majors. Favorite moment. Six majors. Olympics. We're including the Ryder Cup in this, by the way. Oh, you're like, including like, the like, other six please, majors. Please, nobody yeah. tweet at us and, and tell us the, the Ryder Cup majors. happened after the Tour Championship. We're aware, but we're counting it in our awards. Um. So is is this just like for the golf season, or because like for me it'd be obviously the week at Southern Hills was by far the best. Yeah, the week That's, at Southern yeah. Hills was awesome. Um, and obviously Tiger was, surviving that car crash was pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> I liked uh, recency bias, but I mean, gosh, that Ryder Cup was a beatdown. Yeah, and the the Ryder Cup celebration was phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. I I, 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 I loved the U.S. Open. That leaderboard on Sunday was electric. I love the PGA, Rom. too, though. 50-year-old yeah. oh, Phil winning? Yeah, P- Phil has to win moment of the year. By the way, most respectable moment of the season, we're sending a holy to Hideki Matsuyama's caddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turning bowing. around and bowing to Augusta was epic. Yeah. Epic from the caddy. Shout out Hideki. Yep. All right. I think we, we covered anything? it. I think we covered it. Announcer of the year. Oh, Dottie Paul Azinger. Dottie Pepper, <laughs> wall of wind. It's the wall of wind. <laughs> Gotta be. Or, and then uh, MC of the banquet of the year, Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle, so good. Xander Shawfield. So good. That was, that was horrible. <laughs> and there's no recency bias there. That By was the just, way, that was just horrible. we could give out another kind of ironic holy for the wall of wind. We could give it to uh, Xander Shawfield for most flush shot of the year. 16 at Augusta. I flushed it. He didn't miss it. He, he hit it right it. where he aimed. He flushed it. Hey, that that was another contender for sneaky choke of the year. Came up 20 yards short in a pond that's hey, not in play. He answered the long question of, you know, our friends that don't watch golf. He They're, Abraham answered it. No, no, no. He answered the question, you know, you always get during Masters Week, you'd rather have a gold medal than a green jacket. And that's the text you get from non-golf fans at all times. Xander agrees. He would rather have a gold medal than a green jacket. Well, he's in luck. Huh? He achieved his goal. He achieved his goal. Exactly. Xander's two best moments of the season, Olympics, Ryder Cup. Guy's an American. Can can you believe people actually think that, that they'd rather have a gold medal than a green jacket? No. I think they're getting it replaced with the Happy Gilmore gold jacket. So I think that's the difference. (laughs) Because the gold jacket, Happy said it best, gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a, you know what. So maybe that's how they're getting confused. That's the only way. Congratulations to all of our holy winners. Great seasons by all of you. Average seasons by a couple of you. It was a lot of fun. We'll do it again next year. Not a couple, one guy. One guy. One guy. (laughs) He just swept it. Go Pokes. Uh, All right, we'll take a break. Come back on the other side. There is a tournament this week. Shriners Children's Open. We're going to preview that, give you our DraftKings lineup, some winners. We'll continue to have some more fun. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. 
For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McCray Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole. Huge props to Logan McAllister spending some time with us today here on the 73rd hole. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, both off to good starts to the season. Logan McAllister off to a great start to the season. Wins the Car Carmel Cup out at Pebble Beach uh, early on in September. Third place finish this week down at Colonial. He has got it rolling. Gentlemen, we talked on Monday. I was waiting to open the email. The wife got home from work. We opened the email. And Coach Robertson up in Stillwater, you are officially on notice. There's a baby girl that will be making its way into the world come uh, about a week before the Masters. Thank you. Thank you. Is that a, is that a holy award? We get a holy award for, for having a baby? How's that work? Uh, yeah. You should have got it on Monday, but you wouldn't let us see the, the email. Wouldn't so. let you see the email, no. It was very nerve-wracking. You let the jack-o'-lantern know before us. It was... Uh, that, is, that is screwed up, Colby. <laughs> the jack-o'-lantern knew before, before us. The jack-o'-lantern did know. By the way, finding smoke bombs, not as easy as you would think. Wait, did y'all find out right then, or were you just showing everyone else? No, that was just to show everyone else. We found out just the two of us. Okay, I figured because there was like a... Uh, very, very, you know, planned kiss at the end. Yes, very much so. Very <laughs> much so. And that's, I'm posting on Twitter here in a little bit, and I think we're just posting like a picture, the picture of, of the it. pink smoke uh, while I kissing in the background. Yeah, but. Uh, I think I saw double pink smoke, so I think there's twins coming. There are definitely not twins coming. We've had ultrasound. Oh definitely God. not twins coming. It's never, uh, never too late. Yeah, seven stores I went to. Don't to find smoke bombs. Don't get too seven excited. Stores. My what, sister, what, what? We, she went through her whole baby shower. They thought it was a girl. Well, and I mean, thought it was a boy. Oh ended no, ended up being a girl. Oh boy, that oh, better not you, happen. You gotta let you gotta <laughs> let them know where was the seventh place at. I mean, this gotta be a hot commodity. It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, so over on like I thirty five and fiftieth, like over kind of by Lincoln Park Golf Course, there's like a Halloween fireworks superstore. Over there. And they had pink and blue smoke bombs. I went everywhere. Target, Walmart, Hobby Lobby, Party City, Halloween Superstore, Party Galaxy. I went everywhere. No smoke bombs. And then last place I went was like Party City or something up here. And she's like, try the, the Fireworks Halloween Superstore. So I called them. I was like, y'all got smoke bombs? I said, yep. I said, okay, more specifically, do you have blue and pink smoke bombs for a gender reveal? And they said, yep. I said, I'll see you in 30. <laughs> and headed that way. So I like that. What, what, what did you do with the blue ones? Uh, we did. I mean, I got one of each, and I think I threw the blue one in the trash can. Why didn't you just you find out before you went and picked it up? That is a good question. Because we wanted to make the video that night, and I couldn't find out without Dana. That was like a you know intimate husband-wife moment yeah. to find out. But the reason we didn't do like a video of us actually finding out is because my wife really, I mean really, wanted a girl, and she didn't want there to be video evidence of her reaction if it was a boy. The old, uh, oh... Um, Gordon Hayward, and he's like, "Oh, Daddy's always Daddy's happy. always happy." <laughs> Greatest gender reveal video of all time. Have you seen that one, Tyler? I don't think so. Gordon oh. Hayward already has three girls, and they're out there, and they open this box, and all these pink balloons come out, and his wife says, "Is Daddy happy?" And he is clearly just <laughs> not happy. And he takes one of the balloons, and he just like hits it up in the air, and he goes, "Daddy's always happy." <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, someday that poor girl is going to watch that video and be like, oh, dad wanted a boy. Yeah, good stuff. So At least she uh, didn't try to, like, shoot a basketball and miss it or something. Right? Or uh, I watched like one. Like, hit a golf ball and, like, miss. I watched one one time where the wife, like, tossed it up because the husband, I guess, was a baseball player. <laughs> and he was going to hit it. He swung and missed, and it hit the ground, and the powder just fell out in the grass. <laughs> That's epic. <laughs> epic uh, gender reveal. So That's good stuff. Very excited. Former, uh, pardon me, not former, future Oklahoma State cowgirl. 
in the making. Uh, let's see. Not if she gets the LPGA Tour before then. That's true. Might just skip college and go yeah. straight to the tour. So, Tyler, are you available for swing lessons? What's what's her Anytime. name going to be? Natalie Golvis Powell? Uh, her name is not going to be Natalie Golvis Powell. We are not keeping the name secret. Holly we're, Saunders Powell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> we're, we're really bad secret keepers. Uh, Layla Jade is going to be the baby girl. Oh, name. you already picked. Layla Jade. Wow. Is the girl's name. We've loved like that name it. for a while. So, we, if it was a boy, we didn't know what the name was going to be. But if it was a girl, we knew it was going to be Layla Jade. We're locked in. We both love that name. So, That's and perfect. we're bad secret keepers. We don't. We're like, <laughs> we can't keep a secret for anything. I know you're a big Muhammad Ali guy. Does that I have am. anything to do with Layla Ali? It actually doesn't. Pure oh, okay. co- purely coincidental. Nice. Purely coincidental. Yeah. It's, uh, and we're going to spell it the same way. Some One of my wife's people who work underneath her. Her name is Layla, and it's spelled the exact same way. So that's going to be weird whenever yep. there's she's got a Layla at work and a Layla at home. But it'll be fun. So What did Mama Powell say? Was she excited? Oh, yeah. Just over over the moon. She Because uh, Monday night, we texted our parents, and we were like, y'all ready to find out the gender? And they texted back, yes, yes, we're ready. Well, my mom was at the Thunder preseason game, because <laughs> she's a degenerate fan that goes to preseason <laughs> games. And so she's at the preseason game by herself, because she couldn't get anybody to go to a preseason <laughs> game with her. And... She said that she was crying in the stands and like there were people asking her if she was okay. So then I'm sure she ended up telling everybody in her section yeah. that uh, that she was having a, a granddaughter. That's so, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. A lot of fun. Marvelous. Very excited. So uh, Shriners Children's Open yep. this week. Speaking Def- of children, yeah. Defending champion was in the running for my random winner of the year award, Martin Laird. Won it last year in the playoff over Matthew Wolf and Jonathan Bird, maybe? I can't remember who it was. I don't know. There was that's another random that's name. That's before I started following golf with that's y'all. before you were on the 73rd hole that's right um it was a random name that was in that playoff but i can't remember who it was but anyway tpc summerlin uh good field 15 of the top 30 in the world out there this week i believe i can pull the odds back up here yesterday whenever i looked victor hovland was actually the odds on favorite to take it this week in vegas so i expect hovland to have a pretty good week abe answers out there too he's one of the favorites to win it this week so oh you know who represent i like it let's get to it Taylor? austin cook Austin Cook. Okay, I knew it was random, but I wasn't sure exactly who it was. Uh, strength of field game? Strength of field. I got you, it right got here. It? Who wants it? Man, you mentioned a lot of good players in this field. A lot more than you expect in a tournament in the middle of October. Yeah. All right. 15 of the top 30. 415. Uh, that doesn't sound right to me, but it sounds close. 420. <laughs> 433. Ah, oh, let's go. Y'all, we're all, y'all getting better at this. You know, because yep. you're finally starting to realize like how the and what's going to happen is that we're going to get it all figured out. Then they're going to change the ranking system. We're going to be off by 300 points again. All right. So uh, in odds, we've got two guys that lead the way in odds. It's a cowboy and a longhorn. Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler are both 20 to one this week. And then there are four guys at 22 to one. Brooks Kepka, Sam Burns, who won last week, Hideki Matsuyama, Masters champion, and Abraham Answer, a Sooner. So uh, OU and OSU both representing very nicely. DraftKings, we haven't done DraftKings in a while. Why don't we just go in the same order that we did our uh, our holies? And Sam, you can get us started with DraftKings. Uh, and then Taylor and myself will do snake draft per the usual. Give us your cheapest option, Sam. All right, my cheapest option is Cameron Young, not Cameron Smith, oh. but Cameron Young. Uh, you know, six top tens, 15 to 30 cuts made, 7,000, and played well a couple weeks ago. Um, what was that tournament called a couple weeks ago? Uh, the Fortnite or, or Fortnite. Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah. Fortnite That's championship. Right. The Fortnite I think championship. I think you yeah. finished second there. So, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, Cam Young is good value at 7,000. I like it. I like it. So, all right, I'm going to go with friend of the show. 7,600, so I've got a pretty That's middle lineup. option? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. 7,600. Give me Taylor Gooch. Finished fourth at the Fortnite Championship, or Fortnite, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> We're just at Fortnite. Fortnite. It is the Fortnite Championship. Finished tied fourth there, playing some good golf. Finally was able to get some time off now that he's had his daughter. She's so now getting well-rested. Now he's going to get on that, that baby fever train that we see a lot of the champions have. So I think Gooch's time is coming, and I'm going to keep riding the train until I see something different. Taylor, if you have any tips for being a girl dad, let me know. Let me know. As in, like, uh, how do you say no to a cute little baby girl? Because I don't think I'm going to be able to do that, ever. You're not. Ever. You're going to be the pushover, yeah, Dad. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, all right. So, my lineup, I'm starting at 7,300 with my cheapest option. He is Mr. Irrelevant. He is 
the pinnacle of average from a year ago, he will have a better season. Ricky will have a bounce-back season. I'm not saying he's going to get in the top ten in the world. Don't think he's going to be a President's Cup or nothing like that. But he will have a better bounce-back season. He'll get himself back into some WGCs, things like that. So I'm going to go Ricky Fowler with my cheapest option at 7300 And then I'm going to go with a guy who I'm thinking maybe he could do this year what Kevin Nod did two years ago and just absolutely light it up on the greens. He does that from time to time. And he's a guy who told us, there are certain places I can't win. There are certain places I can. I think this might be one of the places that he can. So I'll take Kevin Kisner with some value at 7400 for my second cheapest option. Not bad, not bad. So I'm going to go with a uh, caddy friend of the show, Scott Tway. Give me Brian Harmon mm-hmm. at 7600 uh, Both as the same price as Taylor Gooch. I was debating between both of them. So you say, you know what? I'll just take both of them. Might as well just make it work. So I'm looking at Brian Harmon. He had probably the best year he's had on the tour so far. And... At 22 rounds at this uh, at this course, he's gained .92 strokes on the field in those 22 rounds. So, uh, 7,500 middle of the pack, really tied for my cheapest option. Has some good course history here, and came coming off his best year as a pro. Give me Brian Harmon all day long. I, I like, like that a lot because I am going that same route with Brian Harmon at 7,600, uh, and then my next cheapest option uh, at 8,200, and my winner of the tournament, Ooh. Matthew Wolf. Is going to win at the Shriners. Great course history here. Obviously, you know, took some time off last year, but, you know, we haven't seen much of him lately. And I know that, you know, he's been practicing a whole heck of a lot and trying to get ready for this year. And this is a big year for him. And I think that um, he's one of those guys that we might see, you know, have a big, big breakout year. Obviously, small sample size, but course history, he was in the playoff last year. Yep. Of everyone who's played more than four rounds at this golf course. Matt Wolf has played eight of them, and he has gained 2.51 strokes on the field in those eight rounds. The wow. next closest is Zalatoris at 2.32, played four rounds. The next closest after that is 1.89. So Matt Wolf loves him. Some Shriners Open, some TBC Summerlin. So give me Matt Wolf at 8,200. I like it. I'm, uh, I'm staying a little cheaper in the mid-sevens with my third cheapest option. How about a guy who's just, I'm going to ride the wave, see if he's still got it rolling. Young guy trying to make a name for himself. Give me Sahith Tigala. This week at the Shriners Children's Open. TJ Singh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, TJ Singh. He uh, had a good week last week. I'm going to see if he can keep it rolling. That's 7,600. Guy you took, Taylor. Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch, 7,600. Good ball striker. If he can get the putter rolling, he should have a good week. I completely agree, and uh, hopefully you're right, because like I said, that, well, that's kind of interesting that he's more towards the middle of your lineup, and I was able to get him cheaper, so he must be pretty top-heavy. So I'm going to go with 8300 I think another guy's got some pretty good value. Kind of stumbled a little bit down the end of the stretch, but I think he's had some time to rest, probably played a little too much golf. Give me Joaquin Neiman at 8300 I like that. I, I really like him because he's played 10 rounds at this golf course, gaining 1.43 strokes on during those 10 rounds. Really like that for mid-8,000 value, and I think he's got a sneaky chance to win. So I've whatever his odds are to win the tournament or potentially even a top five bet. I I really like that because I think Neiman has a really good week this week. All right. Uh, Let's see. For the record, Neiman is 40 to one. I I think that's a great bet. 40 to one alongside Siwoo Kim is the only other 40 to one. Anyone want to bet that Siwoo beats Joaquin this week? This week? Uh, Not particularly. I would would make a pizza bet on that any day of the week. Maybe two pizzas. Siwoo's the random guy though that he's either going to miss the cut or have a chance to win. So (laughs) that's very true. You're you're either going to know, you're going to know Friday afternoon whether you won that bet or not. All right, well, then I am going to go uh, still middle, kind of middle happy this this week. I'm going Jason Kokrak at 8,700, five top tens last year, 20 of 26 cuts made. Uh, you know, and he does like uh, some desert golf. He's played good in some desert golf, so I think that Jason Kokrak, uh, you know, on a course that really, you know, favors driving distance, he, he's driving it, you know, uh, over – I don't have the numbers right. Well, was his win me, last year Shadow Creek, right? He he was the Shadow Creek winner, wasn't yeah. he? No, that Kokrak, yes. Yeah, Kokrak yeah, yeah. yeah. was at Shadow Creek. So, uh, you know, I, I really do. I Vegas, do, baby. Yeah, Vegas. So then I am going with, uh, let's see, Paul Casey at 8,900. Uh, Paul Casey coming off the Ryder Cup. I liked what I saw against DJ in that singles match. He's playing some good golf. And uh, some of these guys, you know, have taken some time off. Uh, Paul Casey has not really taken any time off, and I feel like that's a good thing, and he'll be you know, mentally engaged maybe more than some other guys. Ten top tens last year, 21 of 23 cuts, so a cut-making machine. Uh, and we saw some pretty decent current form against DJ in that singles match, so uh, I really like Paul Casey at 8,900. I feel like that's the best player uh, of the you know top guys in your DraftKings lineups. 
Yeah, my, my most expensive is a Ryder Cup or two, and I worry and I wonder how they'll come back from from that huge week. Obviously, it wasn't didn't happen last week, but at the same time, it's just wonder how if they'll still have enough energy if they'll still be riding on cloud nine. So my second most expensive guy, eighty five hundred guy who's just he doesn't know how to play bad golf really ever for the last couple of months. That's Cameron Chingali. finished eleventh at Sanderson Farms, twenty second at the Fortnite Championship, and. In, let me see here. In 30 rounds here, he's gained .38 strokes. It doesn't sound like a lot, but comparatively to some of the other players, it's actually high because it seems like most people are kind of where Colby said towards the middle of the pack in, on this course for whatever reason. So I really like Cameron Tringali, and he has done nothing but trend up for, like I said, the last few months now. Yeah, he's been playing really good golf. Uh, my second most expensive option, I just I had to look at the value here. Eighth most expensive on DraftKings, favorite to win the tournament, Scotty Scheffler. He's 20-1 to 1 to win the tournament, co-favorite with Victor Hovland. He's the eighth most expensive on DraftKings as the favorite to win. How do I not take that value at 9700 Scotty Scheffler. Also, I had a couple of pokes. I've got a Longhorn. I'm throwing a Sooner in for my most expensive. Give me Abraham Answer at 10400 It's kind of been the summer of Abe. He's had a good summer. Got himself the win in Memphis. Played well in the playoffs. Had some fun in Norman a few weeks ago whenever Nebraska was in town. Went and played in the OU Classic down there. So give me Abraham Answer at 10400 to round out my lineup. Colby, I got to ride with it. 9700 like you said, he's eighth most expense on DraftKings, uh, f- tied for favorite to win the tournament, Scotty Scheffler. Two things I worry about. One, I worry about the Ryder Cup hangover. You just never know what's going to happen from that. And I look at the course history, and in six rounds here, guys, Scotty Scheffler is minus 1.2 strokes gained on the field. One of the worst of anyone to have played this tournament. So I, I worry about that a little bit, but I think that he's a different player now than he has been. And I, I do believe that the Ryder Cup, while there may be a hangover for one week, I think that that is the momentum that Scheffler needed to get that first win and to get his career really rolling to become a, a, a top 10 player in the world. I don't disagree with that, but I am going a different route at 9,500. It was too good to pass up. Hideki Matsuyama, ten to- or four top tens last year, 22 of 27 cuts made. And the last time we saw him tee it up was at the Fortnite Fortnite Championship, uh, where he shot a 66 in round four and gained five shots on the field. Uh, so starting off the season hot, ball striking wise, you know he lost over half, almost half a shot putting uh, at the Fort Fortnite Championship. So you know I, I really do like uh, Matsuyama at 9500. He might be a guy that does have some value because you know some some weeks he might be even the top pick. Yeah, on draft I think teams. so too. Uh, best bets this week, it's. Usually, you're not getting very good value if you want to bet a favorite to win a tournament. Usually, a favorite to win a tournament is 10 to 1, 12 to 1. I, I don't know. I just feel like Scotty Scheffler is so due to hoist a trophy, so long overdue to hoist a trophy. And you're getting him as a tournament favorite at 20 to 1, which is incredibly long odds for a tournament favorite. So I, I kind of like Scotty at 20 to 1. And then, I mean, you don't have to go too far down to find some guys at mega long odds that if they won at the end of the week, we wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Kisner's 125 to 1. He could get hot with the putter. Be really unlikely. Danny Willett goes back to back, but he's 125 to 1 as well. Sahit Gala, who was close last week, he's 125 to 1. What's so Wolf? Uh, Wolf's 35 to 1. So, I mean, I still, like that. still pretty they're decent odds. Yeah, they are high on him. I mean, he played well here last year. I still um, like it, though. I mean, 35 to 1 for a guy that was in a playoff last year and has a ton of talent. Usually you see a lot of correlation, but I'm seeing some difference between the DraftKings prices and the Vegas odds. Usually, yes. th- usually there's a lot yep. more correlation, but Wolf 35 to 1, he's 8,200 on DraftKings. A lot yeah. of it is we haven't seen a lot of these guys play in a little bit, yeah. in about a month. Yeah, true. Uh, that that's part of it. I, I would take my best bet, Matt Wolf, uh, heads up against uh, anyone in the tournament. I, if you could find good odds uh, on a you know head to head match, I would go Matt Wolf versus anybody. Really, anybody? Yeah, yeah. I, I do the same. I do the same thing with Neiman too. I think Neiman has a really good. Yeah, week. Neiman. Uh, Neiman, you're getting even better odds on Neiman than you would be on Wolf. Forty to one. Like I said, uh, fifty to one guys like Adam Scott. Cameron Tringali, you mentioned, is at 50-1. to 1. I actually don't know that I like Cameron Tringali as an outright bet. I think he'd be a better top 10 play. I do, too. I don't think Tringali's going to win, but I do think he has a really good week. Top 15, I think, is where he's at. And also, for anyone who's listening, we start our one-and-done at Kapalua. So anyone who's waiting on our one-and-done picks, we it's because it doesn't happen on our side, it's too much to keep up with, and the numbers would all be different. So we're waiting till Kapalua to start the one-and-done Yeah. Theoretically, if I were making one this week, it'd probably be Wolf based on how he's played here early in his career. and It'd be so hard because it's like, 
I've hard enough time thinking of who not to pick in January to save for August. So now yeah. I'm waiting from October to save to August. Yeah. Gosh dang. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. if I was picking right now, I'd have to go Wolf for one and done this week. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we need to talk real quick before we end the show. The match, Brooks versus Bryson. Yeah, Friendsgiving. 12 I, holes the day after Thanksgiving. 12 holes. Give me I, a break. I, I, I've, been, I've been hearing a lot of slack about this, and, and I do want to know. So they're doing it because of, of boxing, right? Because there's 12 rounds in boxing? I guess. No, no. They're, I don't know. They're doing No, they're doing it because they want to fit it into a three-hour window. Probably in prime time, I would assume. Yeah. They're doing it that night. Like, it'll, it'll be on past dark I, I our would time, assume. I would imagine, out and, in Vegas. But they, want it, they didn't want it to you know, last as long as the other matches have lasted. Yeah. And probably Brooks was like, I don't want to spend that much time with him. <laughs> I mean, it'll, it'll be fun. I'll watch. I'll, I'll definitely watch. It'll I'll be definitely fun. watch it. I yeah. wonder uh, if they're going to have any tee boxes set up, maybe some holes that like 380, something that Bryson could go for that Brooks couldn't. Yeah. If Bryson lays up even one time off the tee in the match, oh, we got problems. Yeah. You better pull out the big stick and, and let it rip. And we know, I, I don't think Brooks is going to hold any punches with the crap talk. No, I think that they'll get after it pretty good. I think Bryson's going to try to get after it, and he's not going to do a very good job. Yeah. he is. He's awkward, man. He's an awkward guy. We even saw in the match with Aaron Rodgers, he was trying to do a little bit of trash talk, and he's just he's just a little bit awkward. That's just kind of him. And Bryson's already won a match, so you could almost bank on these rigged things being... Oh, here we go. Brooks. A little Rob Rigg. Yeah. Rob Riggle? They're gonna there we go. It. They're going to rig it for Brooks. Okay. So go ahead and put your bets in there. I'll take Bryson. Here's I'll take my, Bryson hitting bombs because match play, I assume. That's where I'm thinking. That, that's, that's why I thought it would be like boxing because it's like you win one round, you tie a round, you lose another round. That's that's what I thought of it. I understand. Match play for Bryson, better format. Hit bombs. If it goes into the desert, leave it. Go to the next day. Here's my question. Are they playing the the first 12 holes at the golf course? Are they playing the last 12 holes? Are they mixing and matching? Are they it's playing, a great question. I mean, what 12 holes are they picking? It's a great question. Maybe they, they're going to make new holes up where they tee off from the 14th tee box and go to the 8th green. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. There's some like, 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 seriously, that you're joking, so but that Wait, is a really cor- good idea. What course are they playing again? Uh, the, is it Win The Win Club? Yeah, yeah Win. I, I think it's, it's the same course that they made the, the movie about. Um uh, the the big squeeze or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, the big squeeze with, with, that uh, shooter with, with, with shooter as the uh, the uh, gambler. Yes, yes. Good no stuff. way, I've never yeah. seen that. You've movie. never oh, seen good it. Movie. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, good movie. Yeah. Is, is that what's called the big squeeze? I think it's called the big squeeze. Yeah, really good movie. It's it's not it's, for some reason it never got into like golf movie lore. It never became a big thing, but it was a good movie. No, but it was I, about golf. Yeah. No, the big squeeze is a movie from 1996. So oh, let me see. What are we thinking of then? Just the squeeze, squeeze maybe? Golf movie. Yeah, I mean it had shooter and one thing that made the yeah the the squeeze that's the what squeeze. It's from okay. 2015. Yeah. One thing that made this one different than than a lot of other golf movies is every shot that they hit in this movie was actually a real shot that was hit. Really? Like like the guy who was the actor in it like tried to play professionally for a while. Really? Yeah. Well, so they they sought after and tried to get and the story's about he has to play the U.S. amateur champion in a in a big match against a. Huh. Very much betters are putting their money, I've like millions of dollars. Of it's such a good movie. And, and really at one is. point, he's like 150 yards out, and he bets the dude a bunch of money. He can hit it on the green with his putter, and he tosses it up in the air and hits it over a pond with his putter from like 150 to like 15 feet and, he and actually, wins the bet. He actually, he actually did that, too. Like, he actually hit that shot, too. Wow. I don't think it was first try. It may have been first try. I don't know. But it was, I remember reading about it. Like, it didn't It didn't take very many takes. Yeah. And he just threw That's it That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good stuff. So, uh, all right, a lot of fun today. Thank you, Logan McAllister. Huge congratulations to everyone who won a holy. Please uh, check the mail. Check the mailbox this week. Your holies will be on the way. Uh, Good stuff. We're back next week with more here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.